0: Welcome to The Whole House Podcast, where you can find home, health, and family all in one place. Our team is comprised of moms from different upbringings and backgrounds. We each have different giftings and passions representing individual rooms, and together we are The Whole House. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for The Whole House Podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to Positive Adoption, part of my room and The Whole House. So, I started a new series. We're going to be talking about the instead of tips. Last week, I started with when or why traditional parenting doesn't work with kids who have had trauma. And so, if you missed that one, you might want to go back and listen to that because that's kind of a foundation of what we're going to start today. And I promised last week that I would start today with the role of reason. So I'm going to start with that. But before I do, just a reminder, you can get on the wholehouse.org and go to our printable resource section and you can find an infographic for the instead of tips that we're going to be going over for the next eight weeks. That's just a handy little thing that you can use to show teachers, um, Sunday school teachers, even your friends, like if your kids spend a lot of time with your friends next door or you have play dates or whatever, it's a handy thing to show them, hey, you know what? um these things don't that traditional parenting that we Used to use doesn't work with these kiddos, so here are some things that you can do instead because that's what the instead of tips are. So let me get started since this is just a 15-minute podcast, which I have to remind myself often because I could talk all day. Okay, we're going to talk about the role of reason. And Another reason traditional parenting doesn't work is that kids from hard places often have Little or no cause and effect thinking. Okay, so think about your child. Think about the last interaction. Maybe you said to them, didn't you know that? Or you should know that? Or you shouldn't have done that because you knew this would happen. No, they don't. That's the important thing to remember. I'm going to read you this quote from Parenting the Hurt Child. But hurt children do not have good cause and effect thinking. Even when faced with natural consequences, they truly do not comprehend that their actions have caused their predicaments. So if you remember that, they don't understand that their actions cause their predicament. Maybe you do because you have great cause and effect thinking and you're an adult and you've had plenty of time to build in that cause and effect thinking and they don't. Because they've had breaks in attachment, they've had trauma, they've had the five B's affected by trauma, and if you missed that series, it's still there. I did a whole podcast series on each B that's affected by trauma. So, here's the biggest issue. Traditional parenting relies super heavily on if-then statements, meaning... The child who doesn't have cause and effect thinking is not going to get those if-then statements. So maybe you've heard some of these from your own childhood. If you don't eat your food, then you don't get dessert. If you don't clean up your room, then you can't go outside. If you don't go to sleep right now, you will be tired in the morning. If you don't listen, then I will be mad. All of those statements are falling on, essentially, deaf ears for a kid who has had trauma. And many kids who just have a capital letter syndrome do not have cause and effect thinking. Let me throw that in. Okay? So if you think that when you say, if you don't do this, then this won't happen, that that's going to be effective parenting, it's not. It's just not going to work. Because, listen to this. Maybe the kiddos that have come home to you through foster care or adoption, then this may be the way that their if then statements worked. If I'm hungry, then sometimes I get fed. If I'm tired, then I cry myself to sleep or I get smacked. If I need comfort, then I'm yelled at. If I'm cold, then I'm ignored and put on an old mattress in the middle of the room if I'm afraid, then no one comforts me. So we have to remember that, you know, the if then statements cause and effect thinking relies on a connection. If this, you know, you think about computer programming, because that's what I started out in, in college. If X is this, then this is the outcome. If X is this, then this is another outcome. But it's never if X is this, there's this random variety of things that could be the outcome. And many times that's what these kids have had. If X is this and there's all these different outcomes, maybe if you're hungry, you might get fed or you might get smacked or you might get ignored or you might get, you know, there's just so there that cause and effect thinking did not have time to develop those neural pathways it looks like a bunch of loose wires in their head instead so for time's sake i'm going to jump ahead to the instead of tips which i said you can find on the website all right the first one is oh i was going to do the biblical perspective i'll go back and do that in a minute because i think that's super important All right, instead of a lecture, use simple language, 8 to 12 words total. So, you know, you think about maybe you feel like I'm lecturing you because I'm using lots and lots and lots of words. If someone does not have cause and effect thinking and you're talking to them and droning on and on and on and on, and I'll just give you a simple example from a pretty neurotypical child. So um, my two granddaughters, Cecilia and Moira, who are six and four, a couple weeks ago, I picked them up to go just do some stuff with them, some fun stuff. We were going to go to the bookstore and then we were going to go out to eat for lunch. So on the way, they were super excited. They were like, you know, bouncing in their car seats and asking me 40 bazillion questions, which is pretty normal. So I explained, I asked them, do you know what we're doing today? And they said, no. <laughs> so I took the time in very simple detail to explain to them, we're going to Barnes and Noble, we're going to buy a book, and then we're going to Olive Garden and go out to lunch. And so I had explained everything and I, and they were responding, you know, they, yay, this is so exciting. They love the bookstore. They love to get books and And so when we we were pulling in the parking lot of Barnes & Noble and Moira said, Oh, the bookstore! We're going to the bookstore? And I'm thinking, okay, there was something lost in the connection. So even neurotypical kids, when you are explaining something to them, when they're in a heightened sense of either excitement or fear, because they weren't fearful, they were just excited. So either one of those... Sometimes kids are just not getting it. They're not hearing what you're saying. They're just... So we have to remember that. So that's why it's very important because when we are in that heightened sense of maybe survival mode, which many of these kids just live in survival mode, they are not going to hear a lecture. They're not going to hear your 40 bazillion reasons why we don't do this or why Aunt Marta doesn't like that or why, you know, the the one that's common from my childhood is, you know, your grandmother would turn over in her grave if she knew you were doing that. And then I got this weird, creepy visual picture of dead bodies spinning in graves. Like, no, just try to use eight to 12 words. Just say things like walk, don't run. The amazing thing about the brain is when we add a negative into a sentence, like, don't run, the brain only hears run. So, and I've watched this like a million times, especially with boys, when they're running and you say, don't run, they keep running, and you're like, what? It's because they only process the word run. So say walk instead, and with girls too, but I've seen it more with boys. You know, here's another one. Um, use your words. Try that again. In fact, I said use your words several times yesterday to my granddaughter, Glenna, who's two. You know, they get into this habit and I don't know, we seem to feed this habit of them grunting and pointing like, no, use your words. Um, so those are just some simple things that you can say. Try to keep your commands from eight to 12 words, or even shorter if you can. And if you want to know more about this, because I'm just giving a very brief sketch, there's a whole chapter on this in my book, How to Have Peace When Your Kids Are in Chaos for Adoptive and Foster Parents. So there's a lot more meat in there. And I just want to, I have a few more minutes left here, but I want to just make sure that you understand there is a biblical perspective to this. I mean, I was just talking to someone the other day who thought that she needed to just throw out the biblical perspective, like this was just something new that wasn't in the Bible. And that's just not true. You know, God has a heart for people who have had trauma. He said, that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captives free. So he definitely has a heart for kids who have had trauma. Um, I'm going to read you this scripture from Ephesians 6.4. Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment, but rear them tenderly. In the training and discipline and the counsel and admonition of the Lord. Like I said, that's Ephesians 6, 4. And this scripture became an anthem for me when my kids were younger because I felt if my my kids, they seem to be provoked to anger very easily. So maybe you feel like, oh my gosh, everything I do with my kids, they're provoked to anger. Even if I breathe wrong, like, Mom, you breathe wrong. You shouldn't breathe like that. And if you feel like that's you, then this is a great scripture to really focus on, to meditate on, to break down and look at each part of it and begin to apply this and pray this in your life. You know, if I would ask my kids a simple question like, you know, could you put your toys away? It's lunchtime. Then sometimes it would end in an hour long meltdown. If that's where you are, I understand. So just remember, there is a biblical perspective for this. So the second half of Ephesians 6.4 lists four ways we should raise our children. Training, discipline, counsel, and admonition of the Lord. And training is the most overlooked and undervalued parenting tool for kids, bio-adopted foster capital letter syndrome, any of them. It's so overlooked. And I probably need to do a whole series on that. The truth is we are always training our children, whether intentionally or not. If we are couch potato parents, we are teaching our children that they are safe from punitive measures as long as we remain seated. When we learn more about training, also it's also sometimes called practicing outside the moment and how to use it effectively, it becomes a more proactive tool. So discipline, counsel, and admonition. Before this list of instructions is the phrase, rear them up tenderly. So think about yourself. When you've had something horrible happen to you, Maybe it was a trauma in your past, or maybe it was something that just happened yesterday. How would you want to be handled? Harshly or tenderly? And we can get so caught up in the behavior where we're in the cycle of reprimand behavior that we don't approve of, you know, reprimand behavior, reprimand behavior. And then we're in chaos. We're living in chaos and nobody wants to live that way. So tenderly, it's so important to think about being tender, and then after you have that tender heart towards your children, then you can move through training and discipline. Those are words of action, followed by counsel and admonition. Those are words of conversation. This is God's yes sandwich right here in Scripture. You have tenderness, then you have some action words, and then you have some counsel and admonition, which are conversation, and you have God's yes sandwich. And that's a much more effective way to parent than what we call the traditional parenting. So I will continue this next week where we will cover the next instead of tip. And thanks for joining me today on Positive Adoption. Bye! We're so glad you could join us on the whole house podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on our Facebook page and on Instagram at the underscore whole underscore house. You can also follow us on the Wholehouse.org by email to receive our newsletter and keep up to date on things happening at the whole house.